0: You are listening to The Minder Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 21 of the Minder podcast in association with Minder.org. I am your host, Paul Stenning. In this show, we feature an interview with the wonderful Carol Ashby, who played Imogen in Fiddler on the Hoof. This was episode 5 of the much underrated series 7, the latest in the Dennis Waterman era that we've yet gone in featuring an actor or actress. So what was it like working with George and Dennis during this series? We get into some of the background to the episode, including some very memorable scenes with Carol. Once she enters the episode, she features in many scenes and becomes a big part of the storyline. It's also an episode with several very strong names from the British acting world, including Michael Kitchen, Billy Murray, and Don Henderson. Carol has several other interesting connections, both in terms of her family background and entry into stardom, from Sale of the Century. To Hello Hello, octopusy, and View to a Kill. That's right, a real live Bond girl with many interesting stories. We get into all this and much more on this episode 21 of the Minder podcast. Imagine that. Hello Carol.
0: Oh, brilliant! There is a God Paul hello <laughs> uh, i was having panic stations here. I'm not highly tech- technical, but uh, I've been in different parts of the house and then that's going round and round and round so uh, thank God, I've got a friend here who's really techy, so he helped me so that's good.
1: Well, it's worked time really as well,
0: yeah, it's all good. All is good,
1: yeah. so where in the world are you?
0: you can i mean I'm in Chelsea, I'm in London mm-hmm. And where are you? Apparently, your audio. the audio works, but the visuals are not good where you are.
1: Well, they they could fall out, so I just thought it was best to... Um,
0: Keep it simple.
1: Yes, and avoid the Scottish weather problems.
0: Oh, you're in Scotland, are you? Okay, fine.
1: Deepest, right. darkest, blustery Scotland.
0: Well, no, I love Scotland, but, you know, when he, when that wind whips up, it's a, bit, it's a bit nippy, isn't it?
1: That's what's happening today, yeah.
0: Yeah, all right, okay. Okay, that's good. Well, thank you for inviting me on your uh, podcast.
1: You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to, I'm not sure of the right word, to, um, to talk host. Talk to me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> to host me, yeah, yeah whatever it's called. <laughs> whatever the technical term is.
1: Yes. Um, and I don't know whether you, you got to see the episode again or whether you remembered it well. Oh, I remember it well. I do
0: remember the episode well, funny enough, because uh, someone else was talking about it just recently. And it's funny, then, you you popped up with this um this podcast and I thought oh that's weird you know we were talking about the fight scenes yeah you know packing I really loved doing that fight that packing a good punch and uh, it was great fun really enjoyed it
1: well let's start there then was that something that you were trained in or did you just do that as a was that just a special idea for the scene that they thought you could do that or were you
0: (laughs) I, but I wasn't trained in anything like that, but uh, I think they thought I was quite lively and quite feisty, and i and uh, and I thought it was quite fun to do. So it was slightly coordinated because it has to be before I you know, knock somebody out. but, uh, uh, but I did quite enjoy doing it. And I think it looked quite realistic, actually. so I hope it did.
1: it did. that's why I wasn't sure if you were actually trained in this type of yeah. situation.
0: No, no, not at all. I'm just kind of quite sort of lively and thought it was great fun and uh, seen it in the movies, so just copied it, really.
1: (laughs) Am I right in thinking that you're quite tall as well? It's not just heels. You actually looked quite tall as well. Yeah,
0: I'm about 5'9 without heels, so I'm quite tall. Yeah, I am quite tall, I guess. I suppose in this day they're getting taller now, so um, I was tall, but I, you know, I'm
1: tallish. (laughs) <laughs> Many of the men in that era seemed to be quite short, so I think you did um, stand out, should we say?
0: That was that was a bit of a problem. I have to tell you, I remember going out to LA and I went to drama school there, and um, I remember going for these interviews, and they um, they were all saying they're six foot tall, and when I got there, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't six foot tall, and I was towering over them. I thought this is actually going to go against me, you know. Um, I I don't know why. I think actors seem to be Relatively small, generally. I mean, obviously, there's there's tall tall actors around, but um, the Hugh Jackmans, and, you know, I mean, and Clint Eastwood was very tall as well, and um, uh, Timothy Dalton was tall. But generally, they're not particularly tall. I don't know why, but I was pretty tall, and that was not particularly good, I don't think, for
1: um, an actress. Well, it's interesting you say that, because it seemed, particularly in that episode, for instance, um, because you seem like one of the, one of the taller women, yet some of them were tall anyway. Yeah. But there seemed to be an acceptance that it was okay for you to tower over the manual with, which is quite an unusual perspective. Yeah, I, I, it's a good point, actually, yeah,
0: you're right. But well, I don't know, I don't know how we got away with that one, but, uh, yeah, they, they they just accepted it, and we just went with the flow. I'm glad they did, because I got the job, you know. <laughs> well, given, um, yeah, but...
1: given the Sorry. height aspect, I think every scene that I'm thinking of your height actually played a part. For instance, when Michael Kitchen first sees you, he sat down and you're walking yes. past him. Yeah. Obviously, you look taller anyway, but you kind of really stand out there. And then when the fight scene, you, you stood up. You stood up in the bar. So That's right.
0: You're right, actually. No, actually, you, I mean, anybody thought about it, but well, yes, you're right, because Michael's not particularly tall. I mean, great actor. Dennis, bless him, he was too. And um, but yeah, they again, they weren't particularly tall. I kind of was towering over them, and they did put me in quite high heels too. I mean, they didn't hold back on that, because they wanted me to be that sort of Swedish. Um, I don't know, a little bit of a minx, I think. You know, and hanging it- out with Malt- hanging out with Maltese tone. You know, yeah. <laughs> was,
1: that, was that part of it? Do you think the idea that all Swedish women or Nordic women are very tall and blonde?
0: Well. I think they, they, that's the stereotype, isn't it? Really, and, and the weird thing is actually going off on a slight tangent about the Swedish girls. But it's um, when I was did, the, uh, did Octopussy, there were many, many, uh, there were many Swedish actresses playing in the Octopussy circus, and the leads, funny enough, and they call me the Henri Swede. Mm. And then I did my ancestry DNA and found out actually I'm not an only Swede. I am a, a part Swedish. So, um so well, at least it says I came from that part of the world. I'll put it that way. Um so yes, but it is an, an image of a Swedish girl. Generally, is a tall blonde, isn't it? Really, I think. yes yeah. with blue eyes. You know, I'm sure they're not all tall and blonde, of course. Then not, but um yeah, I was playing the stereotypical Swedish girl, and with a very dodgy accent, probably. <laughs>
1: no, it was, it was very uh, convincing to the point where I was surprised: a, where you were born, and b, that you've kind of travelled all over seemingly, and you were, I presume. Did you go to a speech and drama school, and was that in yeah. that details? Am I
0: right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, actually, it it started at school. I went to school and I had spoken English and speech and drama at school, and and that's where all, that's when I wanted to be an actress. And my poor parents did not want me to do that at all. And then I went. I had um, coaching, but I was more drama coaching from Jeffrey Connor from RADA. And then I went to LA. And you're absolutely right, you've done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> I, I went to the Beverly Hills Playhouse, which was a more well, a drama sort of theatre sort of centre. Um, and then I did, but I did, that was more for um, an American accent. I went for, to a voice coach there. And I never really grasped it, I don't think. I mean, it's really hard to do a good American accent, you know, sort of just, a, just gentle mid American. I tend to go more Texan or, or Bronx, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I thought the Swedish accent was okay, but there's tendency, I thought, slightly towards like between Welsh and Indian. I'm not sure which, but I'm glad, I'm glad you were convinced. That's good. I'm so pleased. That was fine
1: for Minder, by the way. You would have got away with that one. Uh, pardon? It would have been fine for Minder to be Welsh and Indian in equal measure. Yes. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Just, um, you, you mentioned going off on a tangent, but um, I did want to ask you something about your parentage and you mentioned your DNA I do know that you were looking into I think there were going to be more than the one episode I saw of your kind of journey to discover that
0: oh Ashby's Odyssey yeah
1: and I just I read somewhere as well that um you thought your dad may be a spy was that proven well well, do you not want to talk about
0: Uh, no no absolutely well things I just don't know. Uh, But I tell you why, because he um, was—he studied, but it was very much engineering. He he, he, um, did his apprenticeship at Daimler, and at that point, to make him work through the night and whatever, because we're being bombarded all the time. You know, um, it was in the war, and so he was working hard on armored cars and and engines and goodness knows what for the war effort. And so he learned to do to, to, to hypnosis and he did self-hypnosis, which kept him going for longer. And also he could hypnotize other people, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. We went from there to mining engineering. But then later on, he was work, working with the Admiralty and going off on, mission, on, on, on trips on boats and, and, and ships and goodness knows what. We never really quite knew what he was doing and things that began with the, 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 air, the air Force. And um, And then I had an experience. We had a couple of experiences when we traveled. And we always went behind the Iron Curtain every every summer. And I was like, I mean, I was about eight or nine at that time. And I just thought it was a very strange place that nobody else seemed to be going, you know. And then we had a police chase and we had to escape from Romania. And I thought, what on earth is going on here? And that someone had actually broken cover with some spy. So I just thought maybe he had a link, or he was the go-to person there. There was something going on somewhere, I thought. I don't know. And um yeah, all sorts of lots of things that didn't could link up, or did link up, but we never got the answer because they would never talk about it. So um, yeah, and then I found out like he had been making, you know, designing and helping make armored cars. And, uh, and I found some things in his briefcase when he died. And I don't know, it just, um, it kind of would stack up, but you know, they never talked about it. It's a bit like my stepmother's sister. She worked at Bletchley Park and she never spoke about that, of course. You know that was the, the the enigma. You know they cracked the enigma code there, and nobody talked about it. And we kept we kept te- teasing Jean. Said she was making tea. You know, were you making tea there? You know, or did you help? Did you did you know what was going on? She never spoke about it. It wasn't done then, and nobody spoke about it. Mm. So yes, but I but I, I had to put money on that she was up to was doing something somewhere. Um, you know, involved in probably in, in industrial or. or I don't know, um, engineering or some kind of, yeah, I don't know, I have no idea, but the various things that happened that made everybody wonder. and I know he signed the Official Secrets Act, so, you know, I don't know, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, we don't know these things, they they die with them very often, don't they, what they were up to.
1: Well, if they did the job well, then I suppose that's the way it's meant to be.
0: Well, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, he was quite a character, quite a charismatic character, and quite complexed and... Uh, in yeah, very highly intelligent, but, um, yeah, we never really knew.
1: What is a shame is when, when people like that who may have done something very interesting or just had an interesting life are kind of lost to history mm. when we don't really know, particularly if they're obviously your father, it's something you wish you could fill in all the blanks but never quite can.
0: No, no, I know, exactly, exactly. And I know somewhere down the line, with some parts of the family that were Scottish, and we never really got to the bottom of that as well. As we were in Scotland, I thought, throw that one in for good measure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were engineers and whatever up there. So I won't go into details too much on that one, but that was only what we only found that out when my, my grandmother died and, and uh, on her deathbed. So there's all sorts of secrets that do some go, they whisper to someone before they go. But if that generation, they never really talked about anything like that. Mm. And uh, so, and of course, it's a fascination for all of us. You know where we're from, um, you know what the backstory is of, of, our, of our lives and or, or our or, or our ancestors. I suppose it's a fascination. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> La da de, da, da. We all something together. What do you think? Do you like it? I think you're a funny man. You always follow girls around. No. No, they generally follow me. I get taken for Robert Redford a lot. Same height, same shoe size, same... It must be a lot of trouble. More for him than for me. He gets a lot of women coming up and saying, here, ain't you Maltese Tony?
0: So you are from Malta? You sound from England.
2: Family name. Dad was Maltese George. Uncle Harry was Maltese Harry. Couldn't very well call me Charing Cross, could they? Yeah, I used to steer for a bit. I'll look out for the sharks.
1: I suppose I should get to the backstory of how you actually appeared in Minder, which was the the original. How I mean, this was after Octopussy, but before View to a Kill, was it? I think. No, yeah, sorry, I think after, so. after both of them, actually.
0: Actually, must be because I tell you why I was touring a lot on Octopussy. I came back and then shot View to a Kill, and then you know, my luck, good luck went off on tour again around the world. So I did two world tours and two Bond films. I, I was such a lucky person and I, I was on a roll then. It was it was wonderful. So um, after that I came back and I thought, now now what's gonna happen, you know. And um and then it my, it's my agent that called me and um and said they wanted to see me for Minder, to read for Minder. And he said, You've got to be Swedish. And I went, Well oh, that's gonna be interesting. And so um I think they said gave me some sides or whatever to read. And um and yeah, I tried to perfect the accent and I, clearly it was I managed to get through it and got the part. So yeah, it was just my agent, really. That um, you know, I was I was desperately looking for some new things to do. You know, when I when I got back from all this exciting stuff, you kept thinking, "Now what? You know, what's going to happen now? You're only as good as your last job, aren't you? Really?"
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah. So my agent come in, and that's how I I got the part of Imogen. Um, well, goody goody goody, and all that jazz. I did actually talk to my Swedish friends. And I said, "Just talk to me on the phone, really." I said, well, why is it? I've got to play a Swedish girl, you know. So that's how I did it. I just do things phonetically, really because it's best to listen to people. I, I can't, um, I'm not very good otherwise. I just have to listen to how they speak. I just had to do an Italian part recently and I listened to Gina Lola Brigida and Sophia Loren speaking English. I had to speak English but with an Italian accent, you know. So always hard to do accents. But anyway, clearly I managed to convince them to give me the part of Imogen.
1: The question that I've never really thought about before, but with you, it stands out, is the wardrobe aspect. The, You know, you're wearing something that's quite... It's only a fairly simple top, but for some reason, there's something about what you're wearing that really stands out. So was that something you picked, or did they pick it for you? No,
0: no, I didn't, actually. They picked it. Um, yeah, they picked the outfit, so out, much more, whatever. And that one was the one when I did the fight scene. I didn't mind that one. It was actually okay. There's another scene in a red and white striped top with these massive earrings, big square yeah. white earrings. And I went and I did, but really wasn't very keen on that. And my hair looked a little bit sort of foo-foo. So I mean I thought don't make a fuss, don't be a diva, and all the rest of it. So I went with the flow there. But they did look, I suppose it was the look at the time. these massive damned earrings, big square earrings. And I thought, a red and white stripe going that direction. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was fine. It was absolutely fine. It worked in the end, didn't it? And, um, yeah, and the, but no, I, I, they had the wardrobe chosen already for me. Okay. So I had, no, I had no say in that one. But I think it worked okay. In the end, it didn't happen. It's I'll... of the time. You can look back at some of these pictures, these shoots, you know, and you think, well, what on earth was I thinking? But at the, ta- the time, it was the look, you know. So it was, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's okay. Things move on, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love when Michael Kitchen first sees you. And he, he just raises his eyes and they widen a little bit. Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. yeah, remember that. Um, I
0: remember walking past him, he's having a coffee and I'm walking past him and then he yeah. follows me well, from my memory, if my memory says me correctly, and he follows me into a bookshop and starts eating the pages of the book. That's right. <laughs> healthy eating. And looking at me. as he's eating. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Healthy eating. Absolutely, it was healthy eating. So I do helped. remember that. I thought this is actually quite off the wall. I quite like this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And the classic it was fun. Uh, self-help and cystitis book that was there as well.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was quite edgy, really, wasn't it? You know, quite, uh, yeah, it was fun. Different. That was fun. Very different. I like a bit of humor. I love comedy. So, and, and, and that bit of comedy, which they always had in mind uh, as well, which, you, you know, was really important.
2: Good to be back, you know. Don't know how much you miss it when you're on the off. The off? Travel. Abroad, like.
0: You have been abroad for a long time?
2: Couple of years, nearly. I had a business going with a fella, but it went a bit bad. He was being naughty, so I ducked out and left him with it. Wound up in Marbella. A lot of money in Marbella.
0: Yes, I think. So, why are you here now? For holiday?
2: No, I'm uh, moving some funds for a friend of mine. Got to see a man tomorrow, then I'm off. Ain't good for my health, to stay here too long.
0: Same for me, too. It's too damp in London. Gives everybody bad chest.
2: Oh. I don't say that. Tell you what, darling. We'll have another one here, shall we? Then we'll go to a club. See an old friend of mine. Very funny. How's that sound?
0: Club? Oh, yes. Last week I was in tram. Lot of noise.
2: Oh, well, we we'll got in a the taxi then. <laughs> Good evening, Miss. <laughs> evening, Chief. Tony Manzoni. Used to pop in here with Arthur way back. Hi, yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you keeping? Top of the world. This is Imogen. Hello. Pleased to meet you, young lady.
3: <laughs>
2: well, uh, what you going to have?
0: I like to dance. You have no dancing? Uh,
2: no. Uh, no dancing, no. Well, we don't get much call for dancing, really. Yes. Use a couple of vodkas and tonic, Chief. Well, you know Arthur then, right? He had a run. You, you just missed him. Oh, shame.
0: You think this is not a club? It is a bar. We drink this and go to club, yes, for dancing?
2: We'll dance all night, darling, I promise you. Yeah, yeah, there's they'll eat a rush off. I mean I can always put the radio on for you. Have the drinks, Chief, eh? Oh yeah, of course.
0: oh, mm. uh, I, I loved. It was a real old English comedy really, wasn't it? You know? Absolutely. To George Coe was wonderful, too.
1: Yeah, when you said to him, and Terry mentions the old Bill and...
0: The old Bill? Are you the old Bill? (laughs) You're going to bring old Bill? That's right, I do remember that. Um, Yes, in his his face, it was wonderful. And then down in, was was it the Winchester Club it's called, isn't it? I remember there's a scene down in the Winchester Club. Yeah,
1: and And again, everybody everybody looks at you as you walk in, which is... Mm Um, well, well
0: there's mainly a men's club, really. I mean, they didn't get many women in there, did they, really?
1: That's true, but I don't really recall too many times where when women were in there that they were, that they actually caused a stir as they came in. <laughs> well, she's Swedish. She's a bit different, isn't she? <laughs> could have been the earrings. It's a
0: novelty. It could have been the earrings. It was the earrings. I think you're probably right. Don't miss the earrings. Oh, but, dear, that's
1: funny. When, obviously, you you were filming it and you had the background to it and all this kind of thing, it's easy to talk about the, the actual finished episode. But in terms of how long it took to film and things like that, how how long did it take for you to film your parts? Actually, that's a really good question. I can't remember. I can't remember.
0: Maybe a few days or something. I'm not, actually, I, said, do you know something? I have no idea. It seemed like quite a few days. Maybe it was. I don't know. Hmm. But they shoot you see, with with TV as opposed to film. What I love about it, it's really quick. You know, it's far quicker. And um, and they do motor through these, and they're so professional that you know that setup was. They've been going for a long time. You know, it was, I would I would be the one that made any mistakes. Not not them. You know, they were really very you know on the ball. So I probably about a day or two. I would think. I don't know. I can't remember. Remember. Do
1: you remember being how you were treated off set?
0: yeah? They were great, No, absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah, I've never really not been treated that way, to, not, not, not well, you know. Um, no, and it was really fun to do because it was a big show, you know, um, at the time. And it's, I mean, it's still popular, it's got it's still, you know, there's reruns still going, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was a very big show at the time. I was very lucky, I was doing some on some of the night, you know, they're really good shows that were still being shown on UK Gold and goodness knows what and all other various stations. I'm amazed. Um, so now I was really happy just to be part of it. I've got this UK Gold, isn't it? It is. Golden television.
1: Um, I and mean, when you look back at it, you, you're kind of proud of those sorts of shows. I mean, obviously, Hello, Hello as well, very much. Yes,
0: absolutely. I mean, I've had lovely feedback from people because it's still carrying on being popular and uh and i think it stands the test of time okay maybe my, my outfits are a bit more dated than the hair and the earrings but you know the comedy is still there and um you know i think uh it was lovely to be part of that and the hello low, the mind as the berger acts they were all great shows of that time and uh yeah low. i mean there's People are saying, well, you know, we shouldn't take the mickey out of the Germans, but it's the Germans, the French, the English, the Italians. We're making a mockery of war, really, you know, in that show. Mm. And, uh, and trying to, you know, lift it up. And I think we can't sanitise comedy. Comedy, you know, OK, if it's not cruel, that's one thing. But um, there's a little bit element of truth, a little bit of teasing in comedy. And you can't get rid of that. Otherwise, there's no comedy. You're going to lose it. Um, so I was very pleased to be part of this real old English comedy, and and it does stand the test of time, you know, I really think. So they're great writers then, you know, and they're still awesome, wonderful writers, but I think they're a bit more restricted now, yeah. and I think that can be a shame. Okay, you need controlling, you can't upset people, but I think you have to have some freedom. Uh, got, in you've, writing, you've got a subject I'm so, I, feel, I feel very strong about it because I think you can't, you can't sanitize comedy, that's all. I think um, you've got to be a little bit liberal with comedy, you know, to make it funny. We've got to laugh at ourselves, haven't we, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you just wouldn't be able to get away with Maltese Tony or a Swedish stereotype no. now just because it's.
0: No, but it was never meant in any bad way, Maltese Tony. I know some people in real life, you know, like a Maltese Tony, whatever, you know, you could, it wasn't meant in a bad way, you know. Yeah. I think we can overdo it a little bit, you know. And they probably like to be called that sometimes because that's where they're from. You know, They, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you're right. It has changed a lot. And I think writers have to have quite a big job on to try and keep it fresh and funny without upsetting somebody, you know. And Everyone's very sensitive at the moment about everything. Certain things we should be sensitive about. But I think we can go a bit too far and then it, we start to lose it a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, There's a content... I don't think I'm being controversial on that one. I think that's quite a common feeling. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. I'm hearing that more and more. It's a good thing because even mm-hmm. just the the idea yeah. of debating whether certain things should be allowed or not is better than just cancelling them.
0: Yes, I mean you can't do that, and you know it's be, it has come become a bit ridiculous. Of course, it's not hurtful, and not be you know mean to people, and which is not in my DNA really to do that, but. Uh, I'm sure there's a balance somewhere. I think it's—I think that's the word, finding the balance. Yes. Just let's find the balance in everything, you know. Really.
3: Well, uh, excuse me, lovers. Is, is there a lady called Imogen working here? The tall blonde job. Uh, excuse me. Are you Imogen?
0: Yeah. I help you. Yes.
3: Well, yes. Yeah. Um, I think you could. Very much so, as it happens.
0: (laughs) So when these men came for Tony, I hit them, but he runs away. He's in trouble, I think.
3: Well, he will be if he catches up with him. If this don't work, he'll have old Bill on his case.
0: You are old Bill?
3: No, 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 I'm Arthur. (laughs) Arthur Daly. I am the aggrieved party. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: How you find me? I was not long in your club.
3: Oh, no, see, the man at the club, Dave, he never forgets a face. Wait. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Now, you've got to keep your... That's it. Kick your left up. Excuse eh? me, my dear. Come here. Oh. Look, keep your mind off that for a minute, will you? Listen, if he's here, we can call the law, no messing. I want the money back, but I want you to dismay him first. I want rough Justice Terry, the rougher the better. Don't want much, do you? Good afternoon,
2: sir. Can I help you?
3: Uh, yes, we're uh, looking for Mr Manzoni at uh, Forum. Malteser from Malta. Is he in?
2: Mr Manzoni left the hotel about half an hour ago.
3: Uh, gone, was he? Marvellous. Look, he didn't leave any messages, did he? No. No. I just thought he might want to say thank you. Thank you. Look, I'm sorry about wrecking your lunch. Huh? Maybe, um, Maybe I could make it up to you, you know, take you out somewhere. With old Bill? No, I think we'll leave old Bill at home. It's just you and me, eh? Terry!
0: All right, all right yes, I think. Tell for me first. I give you my number. Smash it.
3: Mm. Oh, Terry! Hey, Do. Hey, Do. See you soon. Come oh, I don't want to stand around waiting to be robbed again. All right. Bye-bye. She's a bit tasty, isn't she? <laughs>
1: You mentioned Michael- Michael- away here <laughs> sorry no no absolutely you mentioned Michael Kitchen was a, a fabulous actor was he nice to work with as well what kind what was he like as a person what is he like as a person no,
0: I really liked him I thought he was a really really lovely person and and he was um he was, he was such a good actor he made you feel comfortable and he you know he was generous with his, his time and 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 his delivery it was great he was great I thought he was really I liked him as a person um, yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah. And it, it, because if someone's a good actor and they're comfortable, it makes you comfortable. It makes it easy. If someone's a bit nervous and agitato or whatever, yeah, that's, it Much it, it unnerves you. And everyone, everyone's when they join a show, is a little nervous, you know. And he was obviously very accomplished and I was quite new to it all. And uh, so, yes, it's great when someone has that confidence and that good at what they do that they don't have to make you feel uncomfortable. I mm-hmm. think that's what, what was the beauty of um, working with someone like that, really. All of them, actually. They, you know, they're all yeah, you know, they're all good actors, and they, they all knew their stuff, and they got on with it. And, you know, Dennis had been working with George Cole for a long time. And uh, well, it's actually it's not George Cole. What's his real name there? Somebody Alexander, isn't it? Anyway, I can't remember. Yes, it is George Cole. George. Um, I, but they're all very relaxed. And they know their stuff, and they've worked together, and it's kind of it's easy. You know, it looks like it's easy. But, you know, they 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 make life easy. So yeah, that was good for me.
1: And that was the same from what I've heard with the crew as well. It was very inclusive. Yeah, move. they're very inclusive. No, it was.
0: Do you know something? They were very happy, easy times, and um, relaxed. And and I some of the best times of my life was that era because they were making great shows and they were just, the work was coming in nicely and they were making really good TV. I really enjoyed it and. Um, you know, say, and the Bergerettes went on to do later and all sorts. um but mind, it was a big show. I was doing all the nice the nice big shows at the time, which, um, how exciting is that what's not to love on that one? You know, it was great, really good fun. What, I was very
1: lucky. What was the director Terry Green like to work with?
0: He was very relaxed, I liked terry green. Uh, he was he was great, he was very easy. Because you get nervous of a director, just in case they they get a bit too short with you, you because you're nervous anyway, you know. But he was very relaxed and seemed very happy with what I did. And I was worried about the accent the whole damn time, and uh, and I thought, oh my going to sound terrible, you know. I think we wind ourselves up into tears, you know. Uh, but he, he, I mean, my experience, my memory, he <laughs> might, might ask him, if I have a different idea about it. But my memory of that time was actually how much I enjoyed it, and I thought away with that Swedish accent, you know. Um, you know he, he didn't. go keep redoing it all the time. I didn't have to redo much at all. Any more takes, and so yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, everyone was. You no, know, it was. It was. It was good times. Good times.
1: It's quite a surprise that you seem. I mean, and you remember it as well. Being almost as if you you shouldn't have been there, in the sense of you weren't as accomplished or experienced in acting, but. I mean, it's not usual for someone to think that way. They normally just kind of storm in and try and set the scene alight, as it were. But you seem like you were quite shy underneath there.
0: Well, I have a side to me that, actually, listen, I think anyone who's worth their salt gets nervous about doing any performance. And and if you'd ask, I think anyone's one of the greatest actresses or actors in the world, you know, before they go on, they, get, they can get nervous. And if you don't have those nerves, then it, that bit of adrenaline spurs you on i think you have to be a little bit i think if you get too confident i think that, that you know that what do they say pride comes before a fall mm. i think you need to be uh, on edge and, and try hard and and uh, try to do the best you can and and i hadn't been in the business as long as these people i've been working with so um you know i was very happy to be there and just wanted to be my best i suppose you know we all question ourselves i mean i can be confident in some ways but you can going to be very overconfident. That's the kiss of death, quite frankly. Mm. To, to be overconfident is not a good thing. To have a few nerves is always a good thing. You
1: want to do better.
0: To be too nervous, if you're a nervous wreck, that's a problem. <laughs> well,
1: I noticed that Perfect. there's a scene where you're sitting down with Michael Kitchen stood up, I think, or maybe sat down, but you were sat down and you can just see that you're breathing quite heavily. Now, was that because you're nervous or was that the way you were trying to do the accent or some of the aspects of the? <laughs> I
0: don't know. That's an interesting <laughs> question. It's probably, you know, I think it's probably more the accent. I think there's more nervous about the. Right. Okay. Okay. We'll get this right. Um, I, can't remember what's, what, I can't remember. There was a scene on the boat, isn't there? We were paddling on the boat. Oh, yeah. I think I was breathing quite normally then. Uh, which scene was that? When I'm sitting down in, in the Winchester Club? Well, no, probably the time to doing And Had I done my. Uh, my 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 uh, attack, had I done yeah. my fight? Maybe I was out of breath from the fight. Was was it before I mean, the fight?
1: I can't remember to be honest with you. Uh, Maybe
0: it was the ante- it was either one or the other. There's a question: the anticipation before the fight or yeah. after the fight. I was probably out of breath. That's more
1: <laughs> Either way, we've we've explained that without it's not some kind of. I was honestly, I have to be honest because I think I can get away with this with you. It seemed like a heaving bosom thing.
0: really oh my god as good as what i was up to little minx i have no idea it wasn't it wasn't intentional but maybe it just happened automatically i don't know
1: (laughs) we'll draw a discreet veil over that one absolutely
0: talking of which i did
1: want to mention because it's very like nowadays you would never have this and to be honest i've not seen the evidence i just keep seeing the same line that said you were voted most glamorous schoolgirl before you did the uh-huh. century. That seems like yeah. something that would be quite suspect in this day and age. But it's. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the bottom line was that uh, I think I was spotted underage in a nightclub after I was at, was at Lucy Clayton. This And um, I was with a model agency. I was doing a grooming course. This photographer took a photograph of me. Um, managed to get into my school, which was a you know, very strict school, all girls' school. I mean, for God's sake, he got into school taking me a picture of my taking a picture of me in my school uniform, my school tunic. And then one of me at home, uh, with my hair, I put a hairpiece on the back of my head with my shirt open, for goodness sake, we're not showing anything, but it was suggested. And I was 16 or 17 or something like that. I think I was 16 actually, and it got the double life of Carol Ashby. It was in the Daily Express, and it's like. You know, she's at this, you know, girls' school. You know, and, she's, and when she's not there, she's she's in the, on the catwalk and doing fashion shows and whatever. And Mary Whitehouse got hold of the story. It was a okay big scandal at the time, uh, but it actually did me a favour. I mean, it, it was nothing compared to these days, but it did me a favour because it brought me into the limelight. And and then. People in the press. There was no competition or anything. There was not actually, a, you know, in a you know, glamorous schoolgirl competition. Just that they label me Britain's most glamorous schoolgirl. And I remember getting a, my my headmistress got hold of me and said, "We've had a phone call. My mother's called. me said about they wanted to do a, a, an interview with you on nationwide. I don't they don't do that anymore. Then anyway, it was a nationwide show. You know, about six o'clock across the country. And uh, I was. My mother said, "I don't think it's a very good idea at all." And my my uh, my headmistress actually was very progressive and said, I think it's a good idea. Carol's going to go into that world and she's going to go into, I think she'll be an actress probably or in an entertainment, and we should let her go as long as the matron can go with her. <laughs> so off I went and was interviewed on Nationwide. And actually that started my career. And when I left school, I, I, went, I joined the model agency. I went straight off on tour around Europe. And so, you know, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you really? And Mary White, I suppose, didn't to prove at all, you know, so, um, wrote to my mother. I think even Playboy wrote to my mother when I was 17 or something. I mean, really, um,
1: to request your uh, services, you mean?
0: Well, yeah. And then, then the funny thing is, I mean, obviously we turned them down and then they got to, and then I went to the, the Dr. Pussy, you know, the first Bond film and, uh, they, they said, you know, would you, would you do pictures again? And I said, no. And I said, well, actually, i I'm doing them on a beach somewhere exotic with a t- wet T-shirt on and I think Yes, and I'll run along the water. Because I thought that looked quite, quite arty and quite cool. And they didn't want to do that. So, and then again, for, for you kill. And, uh, uh, but we did laugh about it. We said, well, third time lucky. And I said, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do it. But thank you so much for coming back. And um, there's a lady called Marion. I forgot her surname was one of the main ladies and then she'd come back three times already and she'd recommended me to a casting director and i got a film thanks to her so they know they couldn't have been nicer about it all you know um and uh, yeah i got a a film thanks to marilyn so thank you marilyn but i never did it but anyway yes so britain's first camera school girl um yeah i've got the newspaper cutting somewhere somewhere in storage in a box
1: (laughs) um Is there anything else about Minder that you remember that we've not covered?
0: Not really. I think I think you have pretty well jabbed up on this particular episode. Uh, no, not really. I just think it was just a great TV series, and um, as I said before, really happy to be part of it. Um, yeah, quite a golden golden TV, you know, the golden era. I
1: think. Did you meet Don Henderson during that episode?
0: No, did I meet Don Henderson? No, I don't think I did. No, I didn't. I didn't.
1: Mm. He's in, yeah. the, in the episode, just not with you. So I wasn't sure. No,
0: no if he wasn't with me, I wouldn't have met him. No.
1: Oh. no. So that's the way it yeah. was. It was.
0: That's the way it goes, by dear. Yes. Um, often you can make a film or a TV show and you're all in the same show. But if you're not in the same scene, you often don't meet, there's no reason to meet each other. It's kind of weird, isn't it, really? Mm. You're part of the story. But um, yeah, I never, I never met him. Did
1: yeah. you get feedback after that that particular episode from either viewers or? Um...
0: But lots of viewers, uh, they, they yeah, they loved it, and uh, and about the fight scenes, I mean, they went on about that, and I bumped into people in the supermarkets and stuff, because you know it was a popular show at the time. So yes, it was a, I had good feedback, and that's all you ever want, really. Um, okay, it's nice to get other work, but. If the people watching it, the public like it, then then you're going to be doing something right, haven't you, Vinnie? Really? So I was happy about that. And, you know, they'll be loved about the fight. The fight scene was the one that caught their eye, that's for sure.
1: And how did you actually approach that in terms of not going the foot? Because, like you said, it looked quite realistic. There were
0: well, I think there were some hits at one point. Actually, I think it wasn't just you know like, pretending to. I mean. I' mean, I say I'm pretending it uh, there was there were slight i think I think I caught them a few times, mm. uh, but it wasn't as hard as it looked, you know, I mean as hard as I hard hitting as it looked um I think I just went into it naturally actually <laughs> um, Billy I, many years ago, I did a bit of kickboxing, so maybe maybe that helped I'm uh, sure
1: yeah, <laughs> did, yeah. Uh, so this was Billy Murray and Trevor Thomas, I think
0: yeah that. i know it's Billy murray i don't know who the other one's called probably trevor tom i don't know um that's right yeah what? yeah billy, billy murray does loads of stuff he still is doing yeah uh, yeah it's great for those roles um yeah it's fun
1: so before um we we finish is there a roger moore story you've never told before
0: <laughs> um no probably not i have probably told it before um I
1: was the only reason I ask it that way is because. Why did you ask me that? I just appreciate that you've you've probably been asked about the Bond films a lot, and you, I know you do the Comic Cons and things. So, mm-hmm. um, I know you've said Roger Moore was great. So, I don't know. Roger Moore was
0: a. It was a, I mean, he had the lot really actually, and yeah, not only was he was good looking, very charismatic. I mean, an absolute gentleman, but funny, and you know, had a twinkle. Um, but I remember going to his memorial, and it was held at um, at Pinewood. And um, Michael Caine was his, his best friend, one of his best friends anyway. And he stood up and he gave him a wonderful sort of uh, eulogy, call it what you like, um, tribute to him. And he said, you know, I'm obviously him dreadfully. So, but you know, he was had he not been so good looking, he'd have been a comedian. He was a funny man. And you rarely get that combination of someone who looks good and is funny too, and also takes the mickey out of themselves, you know? Mm. And he thought how lucky he wanted to do the job he did. And that's really very endearing when someone, you know, looks great and, and, and still is funny and can still laugh at themselves. He had those wonderful qualities, which, you know, I I thought was fantastic. Oh, that's lovely. And, um, yeah, and he's, he loved the practical jokes as well, and uh, loved playing those. and. I remember just when I did, um, I don't think I should talk about it, actually. But he was he was fun. He was great. I can't think of any stories, of any stories that I'm going to tell. Well, but, yeah, um... lots, lots of fun. Happy times. Now, They really were really quite special times. I suppose India was the most exciting time, flying out there, you know, as a young girl, in early 20s, out to India. never been there before to Rajasthan, to the Lake Palace Hotel in, in um in Udaipur, and uh, I thought, when we shot the first thing, I thought, this is just magic. I mean, pinch yourself, you know. I'm in the most exotic location and shooting a, a James Bond movie, and um, I couldn't believe I'd even been chosen, you know, let alone being in India. And it was, we were on that from a long time, actually, like Octopusy, for about two or three months. It was a long time to be part of one, you know. You normally came in as a cameo, you know. And so, yes, it was very special. And... Uh, Roger was everything and more. so Mm. he was my Bond, you know.
1: So is there anything that you'd like to mention that you're doing now or you're about to do?
0: Well, actually, I'm sort of going back. uh, I've been doing lots of interior design and other things, and I had a cocktail bar many years years ago. Um, But I've done a little bit of cabaret. I did it um, before lockdown. And and I've never done before, you know, just with a piano and a an narrator, Do a thing called cocktails with Vivian at Crazy Cox in um, Piccadilly, in the Brasserie Zadel, you know, downstairs. It was wonderful. It's a lovely deco cocktail bar, and and that was what was fun. It was great, but it was nerve wracking, obviously. I've sung with bands before, but now I'm going to take and do a show, not about Vivian Lee, That was about Vivian Lee and Cole Porter. But I probably do my life story and telling stories about the ups and downs, the good and the not so not so good, and the poignant side of my life, and um and put it with music of the time, so it would be sort of for music from the eighties onwards, you know, and uh, for songs from the, some of the movies I've done and um, some things that were big at the time when things were happening, maybe in New York or Brazil or whatever, and telling sort of hopefully entertaining stories. I want to do that. I'm actually at the moment making a film now, so I do have uh, two days into duty it at the moment, and uh, that's set in Aleppo, of all places, and in the war. And it sounds like an unlikely place for a love story, but um, I play a most wonderful character called Daphne Dre. She's a real colourful character. She's an award-winning writer, and she's um, she's trying to get a daughter out, and uh, and a daughter's in love with a um, lovely young boy there, but unfortunately she's dying and she's got cancer there and her husband's died already. I mean, it's, it sounds terrible, but it's actually some lovely, lovely moments in it as well. And she's in a bit like Sunset Boulevard. She's lying there in bed, you know, all sort of getting the robes around her and the place is crumbling around her, but she's, you know, so daftly swigging her vodka and, and um, you know, trying to keep, keep herself going. And so I'm playing that at the moment. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on that for so the first few days. And so a friend of mine's written it and it's independently funded. And hopefully, when we've finished it, um, we'll try and distribute it. So that's exciting. I'm going back into the world that I, I've always loved, really, and known for most of my life. So. Oh, brilliant.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going back to that route again. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. you would be lovely, lovely and very easy to talk to. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me along today.
1: Thanks a lot, Carol.
0: Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye that's the law, then, is it? Oh, what else can I do?
3: I can't let robbery with violence go unremarked. I don't want Plod crawling all over the car lot with his fingerprint powder. Be customs and excise next. There's a problem. But Why not call Billy? He might have had a result. Oh, that's... An no idea. need for
2: that, Terry. I've seen him.
3: You again? Terry, put one on him, Terry. Hit him. Oh, don't be stupid. Look at him.
2: Yeah. I don't mind if I sit down, do you?
3: Who did this, Billy?
2: Then Des. Then Nick had a little go. Oh, nice. Yeah, very nice. Mind you, you earned it, you treacherous little bandit. Where's my money? I had to give it to a fella, Arthur. That's what it was all about. Funny, isn't it? I don't even know what it was for. Funny? Funny? Terry, drag him out and hit him. How about Arthur? Mine was the hotel. I went back for it, didn't I? It's here for you. 20 grand? All of it? On the nail.
3: No. Are you saying you got a good idea and then went back for it? He ain't all bad, after. Well, no. you didn't have to stand up to him while he was wielding the cosh. I
1: love the backpack.
3: Well, fair's fair. Oh, look at the mess you made of that back seat. Clara all over the place. Oh well, you will have to buy it now, won't you?
1: I'm sure we'd all love to have seen more of Carol in mind, uh, there was definite potential for many more episodes. In case you're wondering, Carol was just as nice as she sounds, and I send a heartfelt thanks to her for a great interview, as well as the equally lovely Sue Salmon, who organised it all for us. A little more on the episode Fiddler on the Hoof, courtesy of a press photograph I have in my possession, which features Imogen herself resplendent in the striped red and white top Carol mentioned in our interview, although this press pic is black and white. The blurb on the back reads Thames Television, Minder, Monday, 30th of January 1989, 9pm to 10pm, Fiddler on the Hoof. Maltese Tony, Michael Kitchen, is back in England to deliver 20 grand, but Billy Lynch, Don Henderson, is after his blood. Tony enlists the help of Arthur, George Cole, and Terry, Dennis Waterman, to help him accomplish his mission. While Tony is in London, he meets Imogen, Carol Ashby tall blonde Scandinavian beauty, who proves she has hidden strengths. This episode of Minder is written by David Humphreys, directed by Terry Green, and produced by George Taylor. Executive producer is John Hambly. Minder is a Houston Films production. Picture shows Carol Ashby as the beautiful Imogen. They could write far more concise press blurbs in the 80s, couldn't they? Thanks to all who have written in recently with comments, and, well, I have to say it, praise for the last two episodes. Many of you have said you like my list for the top ten, though it has to be said many of you have different favourites, which just shows how hard it is to make a choice, because I like a lot of your favourites too. Several would be in the top 20, or is it top 30? Just for the record, some episodes which were not in my list, but were mentioned by several listeners include Come in T64, Your Time is Ticking Away, In, Poetic Justice in it, and You Need Hands. And there has been a very positive response to the Leon Griffiths episode, which I am especially pleased about. It was hard to know how some of you would respond, as I wasn't sure how much some of you might have already known, but it seems many of you learned something new from the programme, and in particular felt an affinity and understanding with Leon and where he was coming from, which is what it's all about. So thank you to all who made a point of writing about each of the episodes. Quite a few of you also praised the guitar version of the theme tune, performed by Kieran McDonnell, which we used at the end of the tribute episode. So there you go, Kieran, it really is that good, not to mention unique. Jonathan, or JNO from Minder.org, let me know that he has played guitar himself for 36 years, and it was the first time he'd seen Minder performed in a fingerstyle. If you'd like to contact the show, just email winchesterclub at minderpodcast.co.uk. Thanks for listening.
2: Fill her up, please.